Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back. It is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. My goodness, can you believe it is the last day of November? Wow, <clears throat> time is rolling. It's great to be with y'all this morning at 7 a.m. here in Spotswood, and it is a dreary, dark, I even think it's raining out there morning. So uh, anyway, we'll see how today shapes up. If you will, please pray for good weather for Spotswood, Virginia on Saturday, especially Saturday afternoon when we have our Thanksgiving slash Christmas slash holiday community meal. OK, because usually I'm outside the whole time greeting people and waving and shaking hands and all that kind of stuff. And boy, it would be a lot better if it were not raining while I did that. So <clears throat> not to mention all sorts of other things that are dependent on the weather. So if you don't mind, please do that. It's good to be with y'all this morning. Yesterday we got cut off. I have no idea why something happened with either Facebook or with my internet. I don't know, but we got cut off when I was using the kudzu metaphor. You know what kudzu is? Maybe that piqued your interest um, and you decided to look at it. Uh, yesterday, we began John chapter 15 and Jesus teaching on the fact that he is the true vine. His father is the vine dresser. We are the branches. And where we left off was in verse four, when he said, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, where we got cut off and I didn't realize it at the time, and I cannot express how frustrating that is. But nevertheless, what I said was none of us are kudzu, right? Um, kudzu is a vine. Uh, it's, a, it's a plant that is in the American South, right? Deeper in the South. It has to do with temperature and humidity and elevation and all those sorts of things. There's none right here in Spotswood where I am, but across the mountain towards Lynchburg um, and even some in, um, which is east of here in Charlottesville, you will find some. But this stuff, the old saying is you can wrap it around your waist as a belt in the morning and by dinner time you'll have a pair of pants because it really does grow and you don't have to plant it. You can just grab a handful of it and toss it in the ditch and it will take root on its own. That's not who we are, according to this metaphor. We are a true branch off of the true vine. The branch gets all of its nutrition from the vine. The branch gets all of its sustenance from the vine. And if you cut the branch off of the vine, it withers, it dies, right? You ever had a, a branch break on a tree? You can look at the whole tree. I think it's fascinating. You can see trees that lightning have hit sometimes. And you can see, especially in the fall, there's a tree not too far from here that used to have the most vibrant colors and either lightning hit it or a windstorm broke a branch. But what used to be this beautiful orange, just blaze orange fall tree now has a big old brown spot. It, right? Or when the leaves change, it has a big brown spot in it. That's because that branch is broken off and that limb no longer gets any nutrition. It's still up there, but it's not doing anything. It needs to be cut down before somebody's walking underneath it and it falls on them or um, before it causes other problems. Well, that's what Jesus says that God does with vines that don't produce any fruit. With vines that are there but aren't doing anything. So that's what we covered. We're going to pick up in verse 5 of John 15 today and hear more about this union with Christ and just how important that is. 
But first, let's pray. Our Father, please be with us in this time. Help us to understand your word. Um, this metaphor that your son uses here, the vine and the branches, let us see how detrimental it is. How the, If we're not united with you, we have nothing. We've got nothing. Help us to see this and to live in light of it. Now, please guide us in this time by your spirit. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so I just referenced before praying and during the prayer, the importance of union with Christ, right? Guys, people treat Christianity in different ways. There are some people that treat Christianity like a philosophy to be followed, right? That's all it is. It's a philosophy no different than, you know, I, I happen uh, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor of this. I had one in my mind and then it shot out. Okay, yeah. There are different philosophies when it comes to how government should be run. There are people that believe that there should be smaller government. There are people that believe there should be bigger government. Some people treat Christianity like that, but it's just a philosophy to follow. Some people treat Christianity like it is a one-time decision, right? That it's like paying for a fire insurance policy that never expires and it's a one-time thing and then you're good and you're done. Now, I want to be careful here. I'm not denying that justification, the point where you become a believer, I'm not denying that that doesn't take place in time and space, that justification is not an act. But some people treat Christianity like it's something that happened once upon a time, and then you're just good to go. Y'all, what Christianity is, is union with Christ. It is trusting in Christ on a daily basis and as a result of union with Christ, you have life in Christ. It is your relationship with the Lord. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you, that informs your thought, that motivates your heart and your actions. It is union with Christ that makes you who you are if you are a genuine Christian. Christianity is not just another compartment of life. When you take on Christ, <laughs> when Christ takes you on, it's transformative, and it ought to change everything. It's not just about what happened once upon a time. It's about what happens today. It's about what you're going to do tomorrow. To that end, Jesus continues with this metaphor of the vine and branches in verse 5 of John chapter 15, and that's where we're picking up today. John, 5, John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, there's two things. Pause right there. Two things that I want to bring out. The first is this issue of remaining in him and producing much fruit. You know, do you realize how many people are confused as to what Christianity, again, is all about, but also the end product of Christianity and how that is achieved? Right? Jesus never makes any qualms about this, whether it's here where he says, remain in me and I'll remain in you and you'll bear much fruit. Or previously, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Do you realize that God never promises happiness as a result of the things of this world? Do you realize that, that happiness is not the end goal for those who follow Christ? 
You see, no, we're, we're not called to happiness. We're not called to the fullness that this world talks about, the contentment that this world talks about, which is ironic because the world is never full. The world is never, ever content. That's not what we're called to. And the reason I stress that is we got things turned around somewhere along the way. You know, somewhere along the way, churches, especially in the United States and in Europe, the, the West, started or, or stopped talking about sin because the focus became, oh, well, well, God wants people to be happy. And so, you know, if they're engaged in this lifestyle or that lifestyle or if they're caught up in this or they're caught up in that, then you know what? God is loving and accepting and God wants us to be happy. I ask you. Where does it say that God wants you to be happy? I'll tell you what it does say. God's word says that God wants you to be obedient. Now, God never says, I want you to be happy. God says, I want you to be obedient. And then as a result of the obedience, you find happiness. The problem is we got it warped and twisted around. We want the happy part here, and then maybe we'll obey if it fits into our schedule. That's not how it works, y'all. Jesus says, remain in me. I'll remain in you, and you'll bear much fruit. Guys, if you want to be happy, it will only be through obeying God. It will only be through remaining in Jesus Christ. And then, as a result of that, that's where God brings happiness. Right. If you want to find something about happiness, go to Matthew chapter five. Right. There's a whole section on what it means to be happy because it says blessed. But really, the understanding of this is happy. You could translate Matthew five, three into happy are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're like, wait a second. How can you be happy or blessed? If you're poor in spirit, that doesn't sound right. It does, because it's only when you're poor in spirit, that means that you've recognized your sins and you know how much need you are in of forgiveness. And then as a result, blessed are those or happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The mourning that Matthew 5, 4 is talking about is not mourning for someone who has died. It's being poor in spirit, recognizing your sin, mourning over your sin, and then you're blessed with comfort because you're forgiven. You see, obedience comes first, not happiness. Remaining in Christ, the true vine, comes first, and then the bearing much fruit comes. This Christian life is not complicated. It can be summed up in one phrase obey and leave the consequences to God. We're never called to know the future. We're never called to anticipate all the different hypothetical paths that life might go down. We're not capable of that. Our minds are not comprehensively working to figure out every situation because, y'all, every situation in life involves other people. We, you'll lose your mind if you try to do that. We're called to be wise. But the root of wisdom, the root of wisdom is obeying God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? This Christian life is not complicated. 
obey God and leave the consequences to him. Remain in the true vine. Remain in Jesus, and then you will bear much fruit. That's number one thing from verse five. The number two thing is, it only makes sense as the follow-up. Verse five, apart from me, you can do nothing. Y'all, this is not a complicated verse. The meaning is crystal clear. Jesus doesn't say, apart from me, you can make a good run at it. Apart from me, you might accomplish these things, and then maybe I need to come along and help you out every once in a while. And like I've talked about with the Holy Spirit, don't treat Jesus like some cosmic AAA card. Right? Don't, don't treat him like, you know, hey, everything's going great, and then my life is falling apart. So, you know, I better call on Jesus. Let me see. Where is it here? Uh, yeah, yeah, there it is. You know, I better call on Jesus. That was probably not a good idea. It's about to expire anyway. But um, please, nobody call AAA on my behalf as a result of showing that. But anyway, um, we don't treat Jesus like some AAA card that everything's hunky-dory in life, and then when we need him, we call on him. The idea of remaining in him is a daily thing, a constant thing, turning to him, trusting in him, going to his word for wisdom, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you. This is what the Christian life is, because apart from that, you can't do anything. There is nothing you will accomplish apart from Christ and him working in you. And the sooner that people recognize that, the sooner we can really get some stuff done. Because if the, the, the statement is, apart from me, you can do nothing, well, what does that mean we can do with him? It means we can do a whole lot, right? So nevertheless, let's continue on. Jesus takes this idea and runs with it, right? Verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away um, and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Y'all, again, we have this promise from Jesus that if you ask anything in his name, he's going to give it to you. If you remain in him and you ask for anything, you're going to get it. Remember, though, this is not some blank check from the Lord. The qualification is that you are remaining in him. And if you're remaining in Christ, you will have the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ. And a good way to gauge whether you are remaining in Christ is to examine your prayer life. Examine what you are asking for. What you ask for determines your level of reliance on Christ. What you ask for also determines your relationship with Christ. If you're asking for revenge on your enemies, let me tell you something. You ain't remaining in Christ. Because you can't remain in Jesus who told the parable of the unmerciful servant and at the same time be unmerciful. You, you can't remain in Jesus. I'm not saying you lose your salvation. I'm just saying you're off track. You can't say, oh, I'm remaining in Christ. And at the same time, desire somebody's uh, have ill will towards somebody. You just can't do that. Jesus said, love your enemies. In the same way, Y'all, you can't say that you're remaining in Christ if you're being selfish. And no, I'm not referring to prayers for healing. I'm not referring to prayers for companionship, any of those things. Now, what I'm talking about is genuinely selfish prayers. 
where the entire motivation is just making your life easier, where you never get around to the thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Remember what the Lord's Prayer is. The disciples asked Jesus how they should pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. It's fine to pray the Lord's Prayer. It's good to pray the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer is a teaching device to show us what our prayers ought to look like. So don't read this verse here as some sort of blank check where Jesus says, hey, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Y'all, if you're remaining in Christ, then what you ask for will be the will of Christ. And it will be for the glory of God. And also you'll understand that the answer to your prayer may be yes. And you might not ever see it. If you're remaining in Christ, you might be praying for things. I, I can't tell you <clears throat> how many times I've worked with, with older adults who pray for their children's salvation. Oh, my goodness. They pray for, for their children's salvation. And for whatever reason, that individual dies and they just don't see it. But the Lord gets hold of them and answers those prayers because prayer has no expiration date. You see, God is faithful, y'all. He is faithful. And again, our job, obey and leave the consequences to him. And y'all, finally, Jesus says in this section, this is to my father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, what is the truest test of a disciple? A disciple is one who follows. That's it. <clears throat> a true test of a disciple is to see if that disciple follows. And you can't follow Jesus if you don't care about what he did. You can't follow Jesus if you're not concerned with what he's commanded you to do. This is not complicated. This is simply about devotion. It's simply about trusting. It's simply about pursuing the Lord and seeking his face. We all have the invitation to do it. Will you? Now, I don't mean sometime in the future. I mean today. It is my prayer that you will. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you've given to us. And I pray that you would work in all of our hearts and our minds, that we would see the truth, that we would obey and leave the consequences to you, trusting in you alone. For you alone are worthy of our trust. Certainly the world shows us that. But aside from this, you alone are mighty to save. You alone have the power to affect change in the world around us. So would you please be at work? Help us to trust you, to obey you, and leave the consequences to you. And I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we will be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., I see that we've got Elizabeth. Good morning. And there's Christine and Becky. Yes, it is a rainy morning. And then the other Becky and Rose and Roberta. Thank you so much, y'all. As, as, I, as I teach, as I preach, as I do these devotionals, remember, it's not just for you. It's for me, too, because I need these reminders as well. So, again, thank you for being here. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 7. Until then, have a happy Wednesday. Oh, 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 wait. There is no prayer meeting and Bible study tonight due to the bus trip at the church. 
So don't come to Old Providence tonight because we will not have prayer meeting. Thanks very much.